On this episode of Blending Bourbon Podcast, join Dixon Deadman from 2XO and myself, David Mark Young from Golden Sheaf, along with Greg Taylor from Hainer Distilling out of Troy, Ohio, because misery loves company. What does it take to resurrect a pre-prohibition brand? And that's exactly what Greg and team are doing down in Troy. Let's look behind the scenes under the tent and take a look at some of the challenges, some of the joys and the direction that they are going. Blending Bourbon is the podcast that takes you beyond the barrel and behind the scenes of the whiskey industry with master blenders Dixon Deadman and David Mark Young. So welcome to another episode of Blending Bourbon, a podcast sponsored by Golden Sheaf. My name is Dixon Deadman of 2XO Whiskey, joined by the Danny DeVito to my Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Golden Sheaf himself, David Mark Young, uh, a man that really deserves four names, even though he only has three. Um, how are you today, my good-looking friend? <laughs> Fantastic, as always. Man, your intros get better and better. That's really all I think about during the course Every of, week. of the day. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. I'm not surprised. I don't know why you're bothering with these other things you're dabbling in. Um, I, I'm kidding, of course. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's always mm -hmm. an honor to be here with you. So thank you for the great introduction. It's that time of year. Uh, busy, 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 but uh, good to pause and you know think about all of the great things that, that we have to be thankful for in our lives, including bourbon and... Um, Family, of course, you know, that's one of the podcasts that we had was we talked about uh, family and how that ties into rolling out bourbon labels and on and on and on. So thanks. Appreciate that. Um, to shift gears a little bit, let's talk about today's podcast. On today's podcast, we're going to talk about... Come on, you can do this. I have faith in you. It's, We're it's written talk on that about, piece of paper. I'm trying right to build there. it up. Yeah. I'm trying, oh, to, trying to build up how to. We're going to talk about something pretty exciting, something near and dear to my heart, and that's uh, pre-prohibition uh, whiskey and, and brands, um, and reviving those. And so today, joining us, we have Greg Taylor from Hainer Distillery. That's correct. Welcome, Greg. Hey, pleasure to be here. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me today. You know, Hainer Distillery. So I'm going to back up for a second, tell you how Hainer popped up on my radar. Um, I was out shopping, uh, not, not even shopping, just kind of looking um, out on a Sunday, right? And we wandered into some antique stores and come across some really cool uh, pre-prohibition relics, you know, things that I collect and so we came across this bottle of Hainer whiskey uh, this bottle distillery from Troy Ohio and I thought I wondered gosh what happened to that what did it look like back in the day this is kind of how it started for me with Golden Sheaf at one point coming across this brand and these bottles and getting super excited about it and eventually bringing it back so that you know put it back in inventory and bring it back to life put it on the radar and so I was shocked by a number of things, one of which is that Hainer, and correct me if I'm wrong, was started in 1866. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, which is yours, correct? 
It's just the same. Yeah, it's crazy. Crazy. 1866, which is the year before Nebraska became a state. So um, this was produced by, Gold Chief was produced by the first distillery in the district of Nebraska because Nebraska wasn't a state yet. Uh, just out of curiosity, do you know when Ohio became a state? I do not. No, sorry to put you on the spot. That. We could we could edit that out, right? <laughs> but I wouldn't have known. Um, gosh, I think it's on our bottle here somewhere. I could be mistaken, oh. but um, what's what's this here? Yeah, the power. When of, did Ohio become a state? Uh, that'd be eighteen oh three, David. Eighteen oh three. Wow. Okay, so Ohio Ohio was was already a state long before um painter came along we we're one of the early ones you were yep um and then surprised to see also that uh you know after you know prohibition the brand was revived and resurrected and oh. i think i even read something about um release number two and you know a lot of different things so that that's ultimately what led to us connecting a dot and having conversation and and going from there but uh, shocked yeah the, how exciting to to see you know such similar backstories and then to see you know the success that you're experiencing so tell us wh wh how did this happen and, and where are you guys at now all right so um i, I alluded to this earlier earlier here's here's my elevator speech so we yep. um actually it began uh, on the bourbon trail uh seven eight years ago as many uh uh 40, 50 year old people do guys would go down on the bourbon trail, take a, a van full of eight guys, go down the bourbon trail, did it over two years, did the five or six distilleries new, near Louisville then the five or six near Lexington, uh, completed that, got our, got a passport stamped, uh, got a t-shirt at the end of it. And then we came back to Troy and in Troy, we always knew Hainer was from whiskey. Um, but about three years after the bourbon, uh, uh, doing the bourbon trail, uh, we're returning the Hainer cultural center. Uh, which has a museum in it dedicated to the history of Hainer and, and getting around, sitting around drinking one night We thought, why has nobody ever brought back this brand? Uh, and, um, hmm. and we, we did it. So I was be, I was between blessings, as they say, uh, that's between jobs. Yeah. And I thought, you know, this would be a perfect opportunity to do this. So, uh, myself and a, a friend, uh, got together and, and drew up the, uh, the business plan and started down the path of relaunching a pre prohibition, uh, whiskey brand. It, was, wow. it uh, took about uh, two years to do it, um, but uh, to get everything in order from the uh, state permits, the TTB permits, to all, everything you need to do to launch a brand. Um, but and we're excited about it and that in our small town, our small corner of the world here, um, it means a lot to this town. Hainer was a significant player in this town for many years till, till Prohibition. Um, and the name still means, means a lot in Troy. Uh, we had the Cultural Arts Center which is sort of, it's right in the middle of our town, right downtown. And it's the home to a lot of events in our community. Wow. Interesting. Very interesting. Very eerie, uh, uh, you know, to the similar backstories yeah. and kind of thought process and that sort of thing, but congrats on your success. I mean, you guys are, you guys are clearly uh, covering some ground and I know you've got some significant partnerships and so on and so on, but in keeping in the style and tradition of, lifting the tent and looking um beneath the flaps and seeing you know understanding i'm just curious if you can talk about you know some of the the more major hurdles or you know as you're as i was moving down a path 
and and it's interesting to hear you say that okay two years or so you know kind of in the works and then you, you stand this up and you know i discovered not discovered but the first time i was introduced to golden sheaf i was kind of had this analysis paralysis of gosh that would be such a great idea but how do you do this and how do you so i did kind of sit and spin for a while and until eventually you get there but it all the lessons learned going back through that, you know, they certainly apply going forward. I'm just curious when you decided to pursue this, what was the first major hurdle and, or, um, you know, challenge that made you question, gosh, right. is this really a blessing I wish to pursue yeah. or, you know, I think the first hurdle, um, there are two major ones and they, they, they uh, contributed to one uh, one another. The first hurdle was just the uh, licensing through the state of Ohio. Um, and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know which yet, but we did this during the pandemic. So in our case, when we're <clears throat> calling a Department of Liquor Control, the state of Ohio, you're talking to an operator sitting at their home and you can hear the kids in the background, the dogs in the background, because everybody's working from home. Right. And that slowed us down tremendously. But it also helped in that... Um, what normally might take place on site, uh, they would normally come visit, do inspections, et cetera. And that didn't take place um, and, and until we were fully permitted. So throughout the permit process, uh, it was all done remotely. Um, and that it definitely slowed, slowed things down. So our experience was quite a bit different uh, doing that remote permitting um, and just figuring that out. Um, fortunately, my partner is actually a lawyer. So that's definitely helped in, in, in figuring out all the permitting and the licensing and um, and then we did end up hiring a, an attorney to file our TTB permit. We started down that, and uh, I don't know if you did that yourself, David, or you hired somebody, but that was a very time-consuming, and it was more than we could we could do. We were focusing on at that point, focusing on uh, launching the company and the branding, and you know, and the from the from the labels, the bottles, you know, securing your corks and your bottles, and trying to get all that stuff in line, and and uh, submitting that TTB permit. We we handed off. Yeah, but just gotcha. the licensing uh, and learning what you, you don't know what you don't know. Right. So much of it, um, I like to say we uh, we built the plane as we were flying. I mean, so much of it, we, no one, I've not seen a book yet on how to open a distillery in the same pot. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Not so, yet. So you figure yeah. it out, right? I mean, you, right. you solve one problem and, and you wait for the next one, you figure that one out and you move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's funny. Um, you know, business plan, like is, you know, I remember when we were getting, uh, and I think I've told the story before on here maybe, but we were, we had the, I, you know, I, I also, um, resurrected a pre-prohibition era brand that, that was, uh, established and, and built by my great, great grandfather. Um, we, a little after you all in 1876. Um, so you got us by a few years. Um, and that was my previous life, but I remember when we were starting to do this and I was fortunate enough to have a partner, um, in this who came from the wine world and his, uh, you know, he had the, um, staff to handle a lot of the licensing and permitting. My job was, was the whiskey side of things. And, um, you know, I remember, uh, a kind of mentor of mine put me in touch with a broker. Uh, this is like 2010, maybe. Um, and this broker, I'm, I'm asking this broker, I'm like, hey, I you know want to start this thing, told him the story, what we're doing. 
um, you know, what kind of, what kind of barrels do you have available? What kind of liquid do you have? Out? What's, what's, you know, and he said, well, I, you know, I've got this, 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 and this, uh, and I said, well, that's great. You know, let's, let's talk pricing. And he said, well, I need to know more about your business plan. And I was like, that, what, what, what do you, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> right. Um, and, and the long and short of it is he was, he, he, he said, you know, I need to know what, uh, you know, what price point you're looking at, what, uh, you know, what's your concept, what, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, I, I, until I have the foundational element of whiskey to build this brand off of, right. I really can't, you know, and we went back and forth and I was like, you're kind of asking me to put the cart ahead of the horse here. Right. And I thought, my God, is this whole thing going to be like this? I mean, I, you, know, you just assume you go out there, you buy some stuff, you get you know, a label, you put it out there and you roll with it. And every time I turned around, the things that I thought would be the easiest half the time turned into the things that made me just want to bang my head against the wall. Um, I mean, I, you know, how, why does the liquid guy need to know what price point, uh, you know, and, and, and how much we're going to look to produce and, and, and that type right. of stuff. You, yeah. you sell me, I come from the restaurant business company, you buy groceries, you turn them into food, you charge whatever you want for them. It just didn't make any sense to me. I mean, I, you know, it, it's just crazy how like the little things that you think should be the easy parts of this sometimes turn into the, the, the most maddening parts of, uh, of, of the process. So, so I'm, I'm curious, did, did that relationship pan out? Were you able to work that out or, or did you have to move on? Now you have a different, I, I ended up buying from that guy later. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, okay. I think, I, I think you, you touched on what was, I, I think maybe one of the most difficult things of starting a business, a, a whiskey business is the sourcing. And so we, we actually, we just sell in very limited quantities, do very limited blending, but 99% of the stuff, stuff we sell is sourced. Um, and learning that industry and coming into a brand new, there's a huge learning curve. Um, I pretend to know it. Yeah, I, I don't, but I pretend to know what I'm doing a lot of times in, in, in sourcing and talking with the brokers. But, you know, I'm still learning. We're only into this about two years. And so, you know, we're still learning that, that part of the industry. But it's um, difficult to get into and very, very expensive. Yeah. And a lot of, I mean, David and I were having this conversation earlier, you know, yeah. when I started doing this, um, you know, it, it was no problem to get 10 barrels here and 15 barrels there and, you know, and, and it, it, it didn't take long for that to be a minimum of 50 or a minimum of 150 or, and that was, that was sourcing. That's not contract distillation. That's just, right. you know, these brokers didn't want to send you 15 barrels. It wasn't worth their time right. all of a sudden. Right. And that's a lot of cash to have to lay out to drop, you know, you know, for, for 50, 75, hundred barrels. I mean, that's, that's really hard for a startup. Yeah. And, and yeah. What we're facing now is the, uh, the pricing of course is just skyrocketed. If you guys yep. source, you know, that it's just, it's unbelievable that, you know, what, a, what, a you know, eight year old bourbon costs three or four years ago, a bear per barrel, what it costs today, it's probably doubled. Right. Right. Easy. Yeah. In the higher up you go, the, 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 you know, the, the, higher price they are. I mean, compared to a couple of years ago, you know, I bought some aged wheat whiskey two, three years ago and to even buy some younger than that whiskey today, you know, it's, it's uh, availability is less, but even what you can find is, is pretty outrageous price wise. Yes. Yep. 
Absolutely. Well, so <laughs> misery to, loves like, company. I just stay on say that, you... that path. I mean, you know, are, how, how far ahead are you guys planning? Are you thinking like where, you know, are you kind of, uh, let's see what we do this year and move to next year. Is it a five-year plan? Do you have a, a benchmark for cases or volume or, or markets or in, in five years and 10 years? I mean, are you, you guys thinking that strategically with, with what you're doing or is it kind of, um, sometimes dependent on what you can get your hands on and, and, and how things are moving. I mean, in our case, it's all those. Yeah. We're, we're out, we're trying to buy <laughs> source stuff right now for three years from now. And, and, and so, you know, we're looking at uh, 2025 and then you're projecting what are your sales going to be in 2025? Well, you, you, and, you know, you want to be conservative, conservative in that, but you also want to make sure you buy enough to meet demand in, in case you, you are too conservative. Uh, yeah. Right. So, you know, so right now we're, and it's hard to find those, uh, good source barrels. Uh, but yeah, we're out about three, four years buying stuff. Um, we've got the next two years easily, easily covered based on our current demand, but demand is, does, is going up. Which is a good problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm taking some good notes here, guys. This is good stuff. Um, <laughs> he's I also agree. the secretary i am the secretary well this is good stuff for me to you know i was saying that misery loves company like yeah. uh, dixon and i talking about some of his early challenges and they're just not unique to you know what i'm doing over here everybody's got their unique hurdles but there's a lot of similarities and uh you know i'll tell you another story greg um and I, I want you, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, um, especially because of what you, what you talked about and, and the, um, the pride that your community has and, you know, and, and the Hainer name yes. and the Hainer brand. And we, so David and I kind of connected, uh, he reached out and said, Hey man, um, could, could I just pick your brain a little bit about some of the things you've done or gone through or dealt with or whatever? And, and I think David was in this, um, interesting space trying to figure out not only directionally, but also, um, you know, kind of, kind of where, you know, where, where he wanted to go with this and how he wanted to build it and things like that. And I remember, you know, he was, he, he's a proud Omaha Ian, uh, proud Nebraskan, um, golden sheaf is, 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 you know, is Nebraska it's, and, and, you know, and I, I told David, I said, you know, the first thing you need to do is own your backyard, own your backyard. Um, you don't need to take this heritage brand from Nebraska and try to own Kentucky or South Florida or California, uh, own your backyard and, and, and make every, every Oklahoma resident know your brand, um, promote your brand, uh, be proud of your brand. And I think, um, you know, I think good or bad that, that took some of the, um, you know, some of your anxiety away when you said, okay, you know what, like this shotgun approach scares mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Let's take more of this direct rifle approach. Let's, let's focus here and, and do that. And, um, you know, I think, you know, you're in a, that very unique position where people know that name, mm -hmm. people know the name of your, of your brand there. Uh, I mean, there's a, a museum to the brand already there. I mean, you know, so, 
Um, is that, is that kind of, you know, the direction you guys are going right now is like, let's, let's be Logan, Ohio, is Logan, Logan, Ohio. Right? We're in a Troy, Ohio, but that is Troy, Troy, Ohio. exactly <laughs> what we're doing in that. So Ohio is a control state, um, which, uh, for your listeners, if they don't understand in the state of Ohio, when you buy anything over 40 proof, you buy it from the state, the state physically owns that bottle. You're buying it from the state of Ohio. So our bottle shop. Um, in the state of Ohio, we have the, 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 the bonded premises, which is I'm in now. We have a separate room, which is our bottle shop. Anything, any bottles in the bottle shop, the state owns. I've already been paid for them. I've got my money. When I sell them, the state swipes that out of my checking account the next day. So they, they own those hmm. bottles. So what that does in the state is um, they own the whole distribution network. And when the state of Ohio, when you want to locate your bottles in the state liquor store, there's a portal. As a distillery, you log on, you say, hey, I'd like to have my bottles in the state liquor store. And they will, they will, you have to take it to a warehouse, but they, they uh, distribute to all the state liquor stores uh, for you. So that was huge. And that allows, allows us to do just that is, is to own our backyard. We, we picked 50, we're in 50, the 500 state liquor stores. And those 50 are, just a second, smoke. So th those 50 are uh, within 30 miles of us. So we're in 50 okay. state liquor stores, but they're all very regionally located uh, to us here in Troy. And, you know, and, and it'll, over time, we might branch out and go further out um, um, across the state. Um, but, you know, on the other side of the state, way up in Cleveland, they don't know Hainer. And so getting into that market is going to be more difficult than breaking into the market, you know, 50 miles south in Cincinnati. We're, we're approaching Cincinnati, which is about 50 miles south. Um, and we, we'll get some, we'll make some headway into that slowly. Um, but yeah, right now we're very, very local, very regionalized. Are you guys starting to see demand from other, other regions that, inside the state of Ohio as well as outside? Yeah. So it's, it, it's, uh, not uncommon for us to get requests for state liquor stores up in Cleveland, uh, wanting to carry the product. Um, but so far we're actually denying those requests because we want to keep it local. Uh, we, and we want to own backyard. We want the demand to build here before we go further out to the state. Yeah, that's good. Interesting. Wow. So we're definitely backyard uh, distillery. Um, you know, we, we visit, I, I personally will visit every bar and, and uh, uh, that I can, a restaurant that, that I can get into and ask them to carry our product. In the state of Ohio, we can sell directly to bars and restaurants um, or that bar and restaurant can ask for our bottle from the local liquor store wherever they pull their liquor from. Wow. So I, I know, actually, I was um, communicating with him earlier today because we're both going to be in Dallas together on uh, on Saturday. But our our all of our mutual good friend Dan Calloway says great things about Hayner and, and and Greg, you guys, and and everything. And um, I know you're, you're you know I saw on your website y'all are working with with BBC and and mm -hmm. um, but I'm you know so as your brand evolves. And as you guys um, continue to grow and develop, are you, uh, is your plan to, um, you know, have you, have you built a profile that you want to, to grow that, that you want to stick with? Is it kind of a, I mean, I, I, as someone who did this, you know, sometimes you're at the mercy of what you have available to you and you just sit down and say, you know, I got what I got and I'm just going to make the best whiskey I can make. Um, but are you, is there, you know, is there a certain brand that you're, um, for example, we had Mike Palladini on here and Mike was saying that when they started their brand, 
um, his brand's Penelope. And, you know, they, they wanted to go after that Basil Hayden consumer. Uh, they, they first release was a four grain 80 proof. Um, and, and, you know, they just went out and tried to convert Basil Hayden drinkers right. into Penelope drinkers. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys thinking that way? Or are you kind of like, look, we're doing the Hainer thing and the Hainer thing is the Hainer thing or, um, a lot of our branding and marketing now is based on, so we got extremely lucky with uh, partnering with uh, a Bardstown bourbon company with BBC, like you said, and, and, and Dan and, and Susie down there were our two contacts. Um, we spent, we've made six or seven trips down there visiting with Dan and, and working on blend. And so our profile is, we'll be a, we'll a source and, and we've been blessed to have Bardstown bourbon company uh, be our contract distiller. Um, they recently made 300 barrels for us. And so while those barrels age, so now we're waiting for those barrels to come of age, we'll continue to source from them uh, for our bourbon blends. Uh, and we, we've decided to go on a, um, um, we're at a higher price point. We're 59, in the state of Ohio, we're 59.95 uh, for our bourbon. In the state of Ohio, that's a, actually a premium, uh, although prices are coming up, so it's not so premium anymore. Um, and so we, we, you know, we put some 13-year-old uh, bourbon in there. And that per barrel, that's very expensive. And we just bought some nine-year-old bourbon per barrel. That's very expensive. So, you know, you you can, we could buy uh, three, four-year bourbon all day long, um, but um, it's not going to give the profile, the flavor that we're looking for. Uh, So we've made a decision to spend a little more. We're going to charge a little bit bit more, but we're also spending a little bit more to get a premium product. And they're like nine, I think you said 90 proof. Is that that, what, what? Yeah, yeah, so, we're, we're at ninety proof. Yeah, um, yeah. I just had the best time going down to Bardstown and, and doing that blend, and and that was a, just a neat experience. First of all, no, if you haven't been there, I think I'm sure you guys have, but your listeners, it's a place you need to visit. First class, uh, you know, top notch distillery. Oh yeah, couldn't agree more. Yeah, great people, great, really have their stuff together. It's interesting too how, not to get off on a tangent here, but you know, innovative company in a traditional market space yeah. you know they're really blazing a path ahead and yeah. doing a lot of really good things so yeah great great partner you have yeah, there. the transparency of them and, and that's something we, we've carried on is, is that you know we don't um we're very transparent that we blend that, that we did not so we did not distill this our, ourselves that we source it um and we we have we have exactly what's in it we, we show the blend what's in our bourbon um and they we got that from them because they're uh, very, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they're one of the first, but definitely they're yes, uh, definitely they're one the of the first. leaders right now in transparency. Yeah, definitely, definitely the first. Um, <laughs> you know, when I started this, when I was started Kentucky Owl in 2014, NDP was like it, there wasn't you know that, that was a dirty word. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you were just there's two strikes against you as an NDP right out of the gate, and you know I I, I think that's one of the uh, one of the great things that has happened in this industry, um, and it comes with both education of consumer as well as, um, you know, people looking for, you know, kind of new innovative ways and, and, and to, to skin this cat, so to speak, and, and, and a real, um, understanding and appreciation for, uh, a blender and someone who can take uh, aged aged stuff and whether uh, they you know they work through maturation but but also the the blending and the the complementing of flavors and it's it's not 
an NDP was always, oh, you just bought somebody's stuff and put it in your bottle and said it was yours. And I think the the consumer now has a much greater understanding of, of the fact that there's a lot more that goes into that for a lot of brands anyway than, yes. than just that. Yeah, you, you can you can um, blend stuff together and, and, and quickly get something awful. It took a long time, believe it or not, a lot of experimentation to get something that um, that we thought was top notch. And we, we would do some blends and everybody, everybody, you know, we'd have a panel of people, every, everybody would agree, no, that's not right. And so you would change percentages. <coughs> that bear. Excuse me, you change percentages of barrels until you got uh, the, the flavor profile you're going after. Yeah, yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the first pe people or groups of folks that I talked with when I was debating whether or not to pursue this um, was Bardstown and it was Peter Lofton and then mm -hmm. uh, Dave Mandel back in the day. And um, I mean, they're one of the original dialogues I had about actually blending versus, you know, being an NDP versus um, producing, you know, getting a, a DSP and producing our own, our own liquid. Um, I, you know, and I think back then the, the lens was a little bit different. Like the direction for me, was assumed that, you know, a lot of these micro distilleries were, um, you know, just going to follow suit. They're going to, you know, start up, are going to make a bunch of vodka, sell it, you know, have some events, track people, get people in there, you know, laying barrels down for the future and then eventually have a, you know, mature enough, um, juvenile product, if you will, you know, in order to, to release our own, our own stuff. But then, you know, there's a, there's an evolution, there's a transition. And, um, and that's, I'm not saying that's, that's the wrong way to do it. it. It was the wrong way for me. Um, and so the, the, the prospect of being able to do it without having to have a still having a big operation, having to go to the bank and ask for $20 million was pretty, pretty appealing. So, um, and they've been, gosh, this is like 2000, I forget when they broke ground, but I don't know, 2015, 16, 2015, I think. Um, and they've always been, like you said, transparent, always been helpful, you know, and um, yeah, looking forward to having some of those folks on here um, in the future, Steve Nally, Dan Kellaway. Um, so and we'll, we can, we can let you get back to selling bottles, um, you know, cause I, I you got better things to do than talk to us knuckleheads. But, you know, I, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta ask because you, you mentioned, um, you know, and, and David, I don't know if you know this about David Mark Young, but he had a very prestigious and successful, I would, I mean, I don't know if you can say successful, but, uh, I, I mean, David is a, is a hero. He's a Marine. He, um, did you know he 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 served, um, got into cybersecurity and was was very um, successful. I like to think it was just taking viruses from people's laptops after they watched too much pornography on them. But he claims it was something bigger than that. Um, you know, my background is 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 hospitality. Uh, it's restaurant uh, in business in in Kentucky. Um, I kind of fell backwards into this thing and, and find myself now doing it full time. And, you know, I, I, we talk often, I mean, I, the, with all the challenges and all the stuff that comes with it, I absolutely love what I'm doing. Uh, I, I, you know, I, 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 the, the business I was in, 
I, I didn't know there was a more rewarding business until, um, you know, and, and, and it's just, uh, different headaches, but the same headaches. Um, uh, but it's, it's, it's an equally rewarding thing. And there are times, uh, over my career in this, this industry, um, I can count them on one hand where I thought, what the hell was I thinking? Um, are you, are you still having those, like those things pop up every once in a while? You're like, Oh my gosh, I, why, what did I do? What did I get myself into? That does happen. But like you said, I mean, we're, we're blessed. I, I feel blessed to work in this industry and, you know, I literally come to work loving what I do. And, uh, um, yeah, so it, it's, it's, those moments are okay because, you know, we're, we're in a good place. Uh, my, my background is, uh, car, car sales worked at a, a car dealership for over 20 years, family business. Wow. Ran, ran a Ford dealership, and um, uh, when that sold, I decided to invest in whiskey, so which I've enjoyed far more than uh, investing in automobiles and selling automobiles. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, I wondered what your your previous blessing was yeah. prior to, to making and selling whiskey. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I'm sure down in Kentucky, it's pretty common for folks to grow up in the industry um, you know, and with the, the legacy of you know, bourbon whiskey in that area, I shouldn't just limit it to Kentucky, but I, around here, there's it's unheard of for um, people to grow up in the business well, and take over, you know, as um, so it's interesting. I've come across a number of folks with, with varied backgrounds of what they've done, and it's always, you know, I'm curious why why people would gravitate. I know why I'm here and what I'm doing. And I agree. It's, it's very fulfilling. It's very exciting for me. I love it. I'm passionate about it. I could talk bourbon all day long yeah. until you're telling me to shut up. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting for sure. I do have a question about, um, you guys have a great backstory. I, 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 I love, you know, I've always said that the, that the formula for success, at least for golden chief, one of them is, to have an interesting backstory, a truthful backstory, and you know something that sort of reels people in or lures them into that first taste, and then it's paramount that that first taste is memorable and right. um, you know high premium quality. Um, but there's and there's always a reference point back to that backstory. But it, you know the the juice keeps people coming back, right? They don't just buy a bottle one and done and uh, move on. But um, in your experience, kind of where. How does that balance out? What what what's leading you to success, and um, where are you, what are you emphasizing as far as well, your kind of go to market strategy? I think, I think what you said is exactly right, and that you know the, I I I believe the bottle and the story will often sell the first bottle, but what's inside of it will sell the second and third. You got to have the product to back it up, um, and you know we've got a great backstory, like you said, um, being the the. The, one of the largest mail order whiskey companies in the world out of little Troy, Ohio. Um, right. And it's a story that we love to share because nobody knows about it. And so every time we share it, we're, we're telling some, some telling somebody something new that's exciting. Um, and, um, you know, it's a big part of our community and, and we're proud of it. And we're proud to share about Troy and proud to share all the, you know, the Hainer history. Absolutely. Greg, I can tell you worked in a family business. Um, yeah. You know, that was, that my, that was my grandfather, you know, his, his line was always, you know, I, I, I'm not real worried about renting those people a room the first time. 
I want I want to make sure we're renting on that room the seventh time, the eighth time, the exactly. ninth time. You know, it's like I I'm not worried about selling you that first car, but when you need another one, I want to make sure you're coming back yeah. here. And that's you know, I, I think about that with with every bottle we run too. It's like you know, if if you can create something that um, becomes something special to somebody, it's it's you know, and 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 you know, that's that's as important of you know owning your backyard when you know when when somebody from uh, Troy has a, a friend or family come in from out of town, you know, you want them to say, Hey, you got to try this. This is yeah. from right here. And, and, you know, and, and, um, and I think that's, uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's the way you got to go about it. Yeah. We love when that happens. Uh, and the holidays, of course, um, a lot of people are coming back home to visit family and, and they'll come in here and, and because they want to buy the piece of Troy. Yeah. That's and, awesome. And they've heard it's good stuff. So that works, works well too. Even better. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm just going to highlight one of the, I, I don't think of myself as being a, a picky. I, I don't know what You're the right picky. word is. I, I am picky. I am picky. I'm very picky. Um, picky. And I try not to judge other brands, but there is one particular style of, of whiskey or spirits or, you know, altogether for that matter that, that I do sort of turn my nose up at and that's those that just want to put a lot of liquid into a lot of bottles and you know cover a lot of shelves and make a lot of money which there's nothing wrong with that it's the american dream however um i i take a particular interest in bourbon and whiskey because i only drink quality stuff and um you know to see those i i even you know there's a couple folks i know that that's their goal um how do we increase our margins how do we um, sell more, you know, where can we sell more that, that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, you're, you're getting stuff out on shelves and other States and other areas, regions even, but then are you able to keep up with sustaining those previous locations, you know, um, regions that you've put stuff on the shelf. And so you, you get what you get ultimately is what I'm saying. So it's inspired. It's refreshing to have three folks here, label owners that, really take it to heart the quality of the the juice that's in the bottle i i I personally think that's very very important the only thing i would like to correct you on from that statement i agree with everything you said except the part where you said you only drink premium stuff and i I think you need to say i only drink premium stuff like before 11 o'clock at night or or something (laughs) like that because i've seen you order some pretty shady stuff uh late in an evening just putting that out there but, especially um, when it wasn't what we thought it was <laughs> that was different time um, that was different. but greg it has been great having you on here thank you for taking time out of your day to to talk to us and 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 tell us more about what you're doing i think from what uh, it sounds like you've you've got a lot of uh a lot of good stuff ahead of you um we're gonna have to get our hands on some some hainer um and uh maybe i'll just I'm sure Dan Calloway's got a bottle there I can uh, I can steal well, from or something. We'll, like we'll that. make it happen. Do uh, they shell? Well, do they sell out of the 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 shop there? Oh, they do on not the, yet. The no, we're working. They don't. Know we're yet. working on that. Yeah, okay. I figured. Well, yeah, yeah. My sentiments exactly. Thank you, um, uh, Greg Taylor. Thank you from Hainer Distillery, and that's HainerDistilling.com. Yes. Check them out, or just Hainer.com will get you there. Just Hainer.com. Okay, good to know. 
Um, yeah, again, appreciate your time. Right, Thanks I, so I much. Appreciate the invite. It's been great being here, and uh, good good, uh, good luck to both of you. And uh, we'll hope to talk to you again. Same Sounds here. Great, Sounds man. good. Thank you. Cheers, Greg. Thanks. Bye. Cheers, Dixon. Be sure to like, follow, share, subscribe, comment. Let us know what questions you have, what we can dive deep down into, what's interesting for you, our audience, because you are most important to us. We want to talk about what's important to you. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Cheers. Cheers.